Our bulletin today is with uh, Hawke's Bay's uh, Aidan McLaughlin. Uh, Aidan, you've been um, a career press man, really, as opposed to a player who's gone into the media, like, for instance, a Drew Mitchell. Uh, I imagine you've had a quick look at this rant. What did you make of it? Oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, I I can't speak for everyone, obviously, but I think the, the sense I get is that people are really tiring of Eddie Jones um, and the way that he speaks at press conferences, the way he conducts himself generally. Um, I think people uh, are generally quite tired of it. Yeah, you could argue, yes, he keeps things a bit interesting. Um, and certainly a lot of people will argue that. But uh, I think the way that this, this Aussie team have performed at this World Cup and even in the build-up to the World Cup, he has taken over, uh, a lot of questions need to be asked. And I was really pleased to, to hear some forceful views from a former Wallaby um, who's been in the setup uh, and knows how things tick over. And, um, yeah, just, just really pleased to see someone in the, in the public eye hold, trying to hold him to account. Oh, I, I think, you know, I mean, it's not so much game plan they're going at him on. It's, uh, it's more who he has uh, left behind and, and who he has not used in terms of experience, i.e. Cooper, i.e. Michael Hooper, who surely would have been fit by now. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the, uh, it's, been, it's been quite personal in that regard, and I think it's only going to get more personal. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, it's really weird. I mean, we all understand the need to uh, develop uh, players for the future. And, you know, they've got a big couple of years coming up. They've got a British Lions tour in a couple of years. But more importantly, it's about the here and now. And when you discard someone like Michael Hooper with all his experience, um, even if you know the, there was an injury cloud over him, you would surely give someone like that as much time as possible. I mean, if you just compare it to the All Blacks, you know, look at look at the amount of uh, injuries the All Blacks have ended up carrying into the tournament. Um, mm. Some they had a bit of prior knowledge and and what have you, but they they've gone okay. Well, what we'll do is we'll back ourselves to get through the group or we'll get through the first few games without these players, and we want them available for the for the business end. The problem for the Wallabies is due to their selections, they probably won't make the business end at this rate. Okay, the big game of the weekend is two now, actually, uh, to be perfectly honest. Wales, Argentina. Uh, sorry, Wales, Australia, massive. Um, South Africa, Ireland. I quite like the look, like the look of Argentina some more as well. I mean, uh, I've got to put my hand up and say, look, I've got to eat some humble pie here because I, I thought to myself most of these pools were done and dusted uh, right from the outset, but not the case. No, not at all. And I mean, that, that it's... Um yeah, there's a couple of games over the next couple of days, uh, perhaps not quite so exciting. Um, you know, France, Namibia, well, we know what's going to happen there or should happen there. But yeah, Argentina-Samoa will be a, uh, a good one. Um, Argentina really disappointed in the opening game against England. I actually backed them uh, before the game. Argentina were going to bring it to England. Um, and then it just all fell apart. That red card just to seem, seemed to totally throw them. Uh, playing against 14 men, they never really fired a shot. It was really, really disappointing. So I think for the first time ever, we talk about former, uh, not former, but a Wallabies coach, a former Wallabies coach and Michael Checker. I don't think I've ever seen him so speechless after a game. He just really didn't even know what to say there, did he? So, so Argentina will be looking to bounce back. Um, but yeah, the, the big game of the weekend for me, South Africa, Ireland, uh, potentially a World Cup final preview and um, a real 50-50 encounter. Do you think the officials have got together? I, I, I would have, I, I'm not quite certain that the judiciary would be in on it but um, because that would be independently um, selected, I would think. But 
it, it just appears to me that even as ridiculous as some of these cards have been, uh, they're not being overturned by judiciary. No, well, in terms of the officials, I would imagine that the officials have had many, many uh, meetings before the tournament, um, and they'll be reviewing things weekly. You know, there's, there's always, obviously, there's travel to be done by all the officials during the week before the weekend encounters, but um, they'll be getting together on Zoom calls or face-to-face where possible, and they'll all be looking at how the opening games have been going and, um, and their general approach. So, yeah, I have absolutely no idea that it's an ever... reviewed process and they'll all be looking at those individual instances and seeing where they can do better and where they can perhaps change so yeah i i think that'll be going on all the way through the tournament right okay let's get to the big game of the weekend uh which of course is the warriors the warriors uh, up against the the brisbane broncos sold out in 30 seconds um on the basis of a lot of kiwi interest i would imagine over there do they have a sniff the warriors so they've got a sniff um, the Broncos are sh- relatively short-priced favourites, and you can understand why. But, hey, when you get to the, the, this stage of any comp, you, you've got a chance. And I think two weeks ago, we probably w- would have been a little bit worried, A, that they would have got through the Knights, and if they got through the Knights um, without such a convincing performance, then maybe they were, they were going to struggle against the Broncos. And, hey, you know, as I say, they might get there, and um, it might not work out for them. But I certainly think they've got a shot. Um, it will be a very different encounter to the one that we both witnessed at McLean Park a few months ago. The Broncos, in particular, will have a very different lineup, uh, and it'll be um, a, a very different occasion. But um, I think they go into the game with renewed confidence after last week, um, and I, I think you know a wonderful coach, as we know. And a set of players that know what it means, and if they're not overawed by the occasion, and that can happen, um, then I think they've got a chance. Right, cricket. Uh, Tim Sow, the injury coming home for uh, well, probably is home by now with uh, a little bit of surgery. How long should they wait for him? Yeah, I think that surgery is today, uh, and I think uh, they'll be able to know relatively quickly what the results of that surgery are. Look, I think I think most of us are agreed that he is not going to be in the first choice eleven. So then you look at what does he bring to the squad and what can he potentially bring if uh, you know if a Tim uh, sorry if a, a Trent Bolt gets injured during the course of the of the tournament. And the fact that it is a long tournament, I think you give him every opportunity. And it, again, if we go back to the All Blacks comparison, even if you think to yourself he's not going to make he's not going to be available for selection for the first, second, or even the third game, it's such a long mm. tournament that you go. It's worth having him in the environment. He brings a lot of experience, even if he's not ready to play. And then when he is ready to play, we can call upon him, and he's someone who can take the field. Um, and with all that experience, he can, he can get on to the job pretty quickly. So I think you give him as long as possible. And even if he's ruled out for the first week of the tournament, as long as he's going to come right, bring him along. Yeah, interesting, actually. Uh, England on October the 5th. Then the Netherlands, which uh, you could probably do without, uh, the October 9th, although... They, uh, they've tripped up a few over the time. And then you get a bit uh, dicey, though. Uh, Bangladesh uh, and Afghanistan, and then, of course, India, when you want all your guns blazing there. But uh, Bangladesh, and, and that's interesting because this series starts uh, overnight um, over there in Bangladesh. And Maggie comes in and says, look, there's, you have to watch it on a streaming on YouTube channel, Rabbit Hole BD Sports from 8pm. There's no TV broadcast here, in, uh, there, uh, here, but there is in Australia. I mean... Uh, why the lack of interest in this and why are both sides just having half a team? 
Well, I th- in terms of the half a team, um, I think there's been a lot of uh, white ball cricket recently, um, and there's almost too much. So rather than have a one maybe one less series for both teams and just go okay, we'll we'll, we'll stop there at a point in time and we'll move on to the World Cup. They feel that the, you know the, the, these warp games are uh, add-ons. Um, I guess uh, they serve a purpose in that they give cricket to people who could potentially be called up as injury replacements during the tournaments. But apart from that, they're not serving too much purpose. To your point about the coverage, I did notice that. Yes, I've done a double take on the. Uh, the YouTube channel as well. Um, and I'm sure my brother-in-law who lives in Sydney and a big Black Caps fan, he'll be pretty pleased he can watch it over there. But, um, but yeah, it, it is indicative really of, of the lack of interest in, in a little series like this coming up to the World Cup. And, um, yeah, I think everyone's now just just switched their focus to that World Cup, and um, including Sky Sport, it would seem. I, I just took a look at uh, the English squad. I, I think uh, the, they're playing through champions. Now that Stokes has agreed to come back in and he's playing some pretty good white ball cricket, I think it's fair to say, I think on paper they look stronger than when they won it. I, I think they do. I think they do. And, of course, the interesting thing for them over the last few days, which again shows the embar- embarrassment of riches they've got in the white ball game, is uh, Jason Roy um, being replaced by a certain uh, Harry Brook. Not bad when you mm. can do that. But equally, you know, interesting because Roy has been there, done it. He has a lot of experience. Brook is an amazing talent. He's shown that in the Test Arena in particular. But he's a relative novice in the uh, in the white ball game. So, um, yeah, he's obviously the joker in the pack. They feel they can bring him along and he's going to bring a bit of X Factor. Um, but they've got plenty of X Factor apart from him as well. So, yeah, I agree that they're... they're, they're they're right up there. I think, um, yeah, conditions may be the only thing that really are, are there undoing and how uh, some other teams perhaps react to those conditions better than them. OK, Aidan, uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much uh, for hopping off the bench for us this morning. Uh, absolutely outstanding. And uh, for, for those opinions, uh, have a terrific day, mate. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Cheers, Matthew. Yeah, cheers. Uh, it's 10.51 here on SCNZ. And here's a text to go to the break with from uh, Mark. Hi guys, talking about Rugby World Cup officials, we just brought that up with Aidan, he said just watch 5 or 10 minutes YouTube clip analysing the Wales-Fiji game, conclusion, the refing was atrocious and Fiji were totally ripped off, royally, Uh, cheers Mark from Christchurch, Uh, we'll go to a break, when we come back uh, we might look at uh, some odds I think as well going into uh, the weekend.